We're at that time of year when we remember Jesus going to the cross and paying the price for our sin on the cross by shedding his blood. Today I want to look at what happened prior, just right before and in the process of Jesus going to the cross. He arrives in Jerusalem for Passover. Passover is a time when the the children of Israel, they, they came to Jerusalem, offered sacrifice. And Jesus comes into Jerusalem to offer his self as a sacrifice. And, you know, that's, that's a whole, I think, a very interesting thing that, you know, at the time of Passover, when God had told his people to sacrifice a lamb for their sins, that now Jesus comes into Jerusalem at the exact time of Passover as the lamb of God who's going to pay the price for our sin once for all. You know, and so we see now that Jesus is going to arrive in Jerusalem and it appears like, it appears like he has some things he wants to do. And I want to share one of them with you today. In Mark 11, verse 15, it says, So they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple. And he began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, it is, is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teachings. So Jesus comes into the temple, and he starts to just turn the place upside down. He just, he just starts, says, you know, he starts overturning them, the tables. And he drove out all those who bought and sold. I want to look at this in in parts. You know, the first part says, you know, that the temple had become a place in the outer courts to buy and sell animals for sacrifice, which was nothing wrong with that. They, you know, people came to Jerusalem. Some of them needed to have animals, so they bought and they bought animals. But what happened was, and the high priest, his family, his sons were in charge of that. Okay, so the people would come in and they would buy and they would buy these animals for sacrifice. What was happened was they were charging them a high price for them, more than market price. They were taking advantage of people and they were cheating them. They were selling them for more than they were worth. I'm guessing that they probably were selling substandard animals. You know, the sacrifice was supposed to be for your best, but I have a feeling since they were taking more than they should for them. They were probably saying, hey, you know, we got a couple here that are lame, but you know, hey, we, these people, they don't know the difference of what choice do they have. Let's just sell these and get rid of them too. I added that. But you know, if human nature says you're going to cheat somebody, you might as well just do it good. That's, that's, I, that's my perception, okay? So they were selling animals, which was okay. But what happened was that it was said that they even were running out of room and some of them were actually getting into the holier places. In other words, they were doing this in the outer courts, but it says, you know, hey, business is good. We need more room, so uh, it won't hurt much. You know how that goes with you keep, you keep giving it up and giving in, giving in. Well, this won't hurt. We can do this. Well, you know, we got to do this. Like, you can justify it. But anyway, the whole thing had been turned into just a place to buy and sell and cheat people. And cheating is one of the big things. And they were doing this on a regular basis. 
What I think you have to be careful of, and you know, I want to relate this to us now, us now in the church. What does this say to us? You know, if they had to be careful of things that can creep in, what do we have to be careful of? Do things creep into the church nowadays? <laughs> you know, do things, do things that seem like, well, they were okay, and all of a sudden it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And things begin to change over a period of time, and all of a sudden we find ourselves maybe in places we shouldn't be. You know, I, I've always said, I've said this for years, that I said, if you have to buy and sell to keep the church open, please shut the doors. If God's people can't support the church enough to keep the doors open, please shut the doors. We don't need to be coming up with money schemes and trying to find ways to make money when we ought to be here serving the poor and helping the poor and needy. And so, you know, now, I say that mostly for us. I'm not, I don't want you to go out and criticize somebody that just had a spaghetti dinner and, you know, they were trying to raise money. That's their business. I'm just saying, for us, if you see that, please shut the doors. Why? Because something's wrong. We've gotten somewhere where we shouldn't be. And to now start doing that is the path that you don't want to head down. It's the path. It's, it's when we choose to go down a path that is not what God wants. And you go, you go further and further and further, and you go down there far enough, you don't even realize you're doing it. It's normal. It becomes normal. Well, this is just how we, this is what we've always done. The church is here to help the poor and the struggling and the needy and those that need encouraged, not to take advantage, not to take advantage. And the time we do, I would think Jesus would have the same feelings about that now as he did back then. You have the same feelings. He would want to come in and turn things upside down and say, don't do that. Don't do that. They were carrying their wares through the temple, it said. One, one uh, commentator I read said, well, there was a shortcut through the temple to get somewhere, and they didn't want to walk around. So now they're carrying these animals. They're, you know, the play, you know it's got to be a mess, folks. Think about it, okay? I mean, you know, you don't have many animals. You know, those who got animals know if you've got very many animals, pretty soon you've got a mess, okay? And so it was kind of a messy place. And so, you know, they, things couldn't have been real clean. So they said, hey, you know what? Let's just cut through the temple. It's a shortcut. Now, this seems very logical, and what's the problem with that? Well, that was the holy place. God had set that apart for worship. It was not a place to cut through because it's convenient. A lot of times we want to take the easy way. We want to take the easy way. There's no respect for a place of worship. We have lost respect. By and large, in a lot of ways, we've lost respect. Now, it happens over time, okay? Now, I understand, I understand that where I came from is a lot different than where we are now. Let me just tell you how it's changed a little bit, okay? I'm not condoning necessarily, but I want to tell you something. When I went to church, there was respect. If there was, if there was nothing else, there was respect. When you went into church, you talked until you got inside those doors, now, I'm not saying you can't, you know, I'll explain this, but I want to tell you, when I grew up, okay, it was a little different setting, okay? But when I grew up, you talked outside, 
and you could talk about to those doors when you walked into the where we worshipped. And then you couldn't talk. Or you weren't supposed to. I mean, when we sat down, we came in and we sat down. And I'm not, okay, but this is what we did. We came in, we sat down. You sat in your seat. And if I went like this, somebody would say, hey, turn your head around. Look forward. You know, you don't be looking around at everybody. You could say good morning to the person beside you, and that was it. And then when church started, you kept quiet. As a matter of fact, the choir, before we started church, the choir learned a song. And I, I was in the choir for a while. And we learned a song. The Lord is in his holy presence. Keep silent. And they would stand in this entranceway, and everybody would be inside, and they would sing this every Sunday. The Lord is in his holy place. Keep silent. Keep silent. Keep silent before him. Now, that's pretty, I mean, most of you would go, whoa. Now, I'm not saying that was all perfect, okay? But I want to tell you something. Somewhere, somebody thought it was a place of respect and worship. And there was a, there was a little bit of a different attitude, okay? So where have we come to? Well, now, church isn't so much about worshiping God. It's about, it, 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 in general, I'm talking in general. Church is a lot about making sure everybody's comfortable. Oh, we got to make you comfortable. So you'll come and come back. So you say, oh, that was fun. You know, have you ever gone to one of those primitive churches that they have over at Sauter Museum? I, I like going in there. You know, in the 1800s, you know, they had wooden benches, no backs. And I sit there and look at that and think, oh, my. No backs? And they, and they, you know, church was a little bit longer than what we go to. And they sat. Oh, my. Now, you know, we have to have nice seats, comfortable seats. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, we want to make sure everybody's comfortable. We, we go to great, you know, we, we work at making people comfortable because that's what's important. After a while, here's what happens. People believe that it's our job to make you comfortable. So if you're not comfortable, we've failed somehow. That somehow you can't worship unless you're comfortable. Nothing wrong with being comfortable. But you know, that's not our big purpose here. Our big purpose isn't to make you comfortable. The church has become more and more and more and more casual. Casual. Because that's the way we like it. And we think that's the way it ought to be. And that's what attracts people. That's, that's if you want to attract people, you've got to make sure it's comfortable and casual. We've got to have refreshments. I'm not, a, I'm not against refreshments. I'm not against being nice and hospitable. But what if some morning somebody didn't get the coffee? Could we survive? You know, or would that be a big deal? It's here, it's okay. But it's not why we're here. It's not why we're here. It's not why we gather. If we're not careful, we give people the impression that that's why we're here. So when people come, oh, I like their church because they have coffee. Or, you know, or breakfast. You know, or they, or they just were this or that. I'm not saying we shouldn't be those things and, and greet people and welcome people. But bottom line, it's not why we exist. And we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. 
that we start to project that image instead of the one that God would have us to project. Sometimes, you know, we've lost. I think you can be casual and still respect and fear God. And I've thought about that. Okay, in our setting, how do we do that? You know, here's, I've thought about a lot. Of, I think about a lot of things that probably you may not be interested in, but I'm going to share them anyway. Um, you know, and we're not building another building. But if we would build another building, just think about this. If we would build another building, here's the big question. Would we put tables in the church? That's a thought. Would we put tables? Think about it. What would we do if there were no tables? Now, for those of you that like the tables and sit in the tables, you go, whoa. You know, wow, no tables? And I would assume the people that sit up here all the time go, well, they don't need them anyway. <laughs> now, they didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't have an answer. I don't know. I would hope, I would hope if the day ever comes, it may never come, if the day ever came, I would hope Whatever we decided, whatever happened, would be okay because our purpose is to worship, not about tables or chairs. I don't know. You know, I, I don't have a big opinion. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just something you got to think about. What, why do we do the things we do? What's really important? Can we sit at tables and still respect and fear God? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't change that, but we have to not lose that. Because if you want my honest opinion, tables increase casualness. I'm not saying it's wrong. <laughs> Trust me. But they, in, they encourage casualness. That's okay as long as we don't lose the respect and fear of God. That's the most important thing. Not where we sit. Not where we sit. But somehow in that, in that early in the temple, they lost that. They lost that. And Jesus knew they lost it. He goes, that's my father's house. It used to be a house of prayer. And he went in and he was upset. Now, you know, the, the Bible says Jesus got angry. Or, you know, it appears like he was. I don't know if he was or not. He probably was. Um, he was probably very upset because of what the people's attitude was towards worship. And he went in there and he started throwing stuff around. I'm not condoning that. You can say, well, Jesus, you know, Jesus did it so I can do it. No, you can't. No, you can't. The Bible says, get angry and sin not. Somehow he did all that and didn't sin. Most of us can't do that. We can't do that. So don't try it. Don't try it. We're here to worship. We're here to fellowship. We're here to fellowship. When do we fellowship? Well, we can fellowship before service and after service. During service, we don't fell. We, we shouldn't be fellowshipping. You know, we shouldn't be. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's happening? Now we got phones. You know, you can pretend to be on your phone reading your Bible, and you're actually chatting with somebody a hundred miles away. I know that. That's between you and God. I'm not going to around and check phones. I'm not going to take them away from you. That's personal responsibility. But I'm just saying, well, you know, things can happen. Why are we here? We're here to worship. And God really cares. He cares about that. 
He's a jealous God. He's jealous. He's jealous for our love for him, for our worshiper. He's jealous of us. He wants us. He wants us. And so Jesus, he went in and he overturned the money changers because they were charging too much. They were cheating people. Taking advantage of people right in the church. Does that ever happen? Oh, my. The Bible talks one time about a rich man came into the church and, and a poor man. And they said to the rich man, hey, come up front. You come up here and sit right up front. We got a special place for you. You look like you got lots of money. Here, you have a special place for you. Hey, I like you. You look rich. You look, I'll treat you a little different. I'll give you a little better care. I'll pay a little more attention to you because you look like you've got money. Other people come and like, oh, good morning. Glad to see you. You think that never happens? I've been around long enough to see it work. It's a sad thing. Jesus was upset about that. God gets very upset when you take advantage of the poor or treat them, mistreat them, or look down on them. He gets very upset. You, you just go through your Bible, pick out all the spots where it talks about the poor and see how God feels about it. And so when the church doesn't do their part or takes advantage of them, God will deal with that. He will deal with that. And so we need to be very careful how we, how we treat people, take advantage of people. And I don't think it just demands on Sunday. I think it ought to be inside of us so that we treat people consistently, whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, I don't think it does us much good to be nice on Sunday and rotten the rest of the week. I don't think you get too many points for that. God's not into giving points. So, you know, it should be a part of us, should be what's in us. And we need to have a f- enough fear of God and understand his attitude towards that that we go, you know what? We need to be careful. We need to be careful. Now, here's the kicker to the whole thing. I think it's the kicker. In the New Testament, the Bible teaches us that the temple is now in you and me. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in us. So the attitude that God had about how we treat an earthly building, an earthly temple, he even feels that strong or maybe stronger about us and our own personal attitudes. What's our attitude towards worship? What's our attitude towards him? What's our attitude towards others? How are we taking advantage of people? How do we serve? Because it becomes very personal because we are the temple. There's no temple for him to overturn now. You know, we are the temple. If he's going to turn anything upside down, it's going to be you and me. It's going to be us. It's going to be us. We are the temple. The same attitude that Jesus had when he came into Jerusalem and he saw the temple is the same way God sees us, his temple. And he looks at us. And he would say, how do you treat me? How do you worship me? Am I first? Do you worship other things before me? Has my house been turned into something else, a place to sell stuff and take advantage of people? Or is my house a house of prayer, a place of worship, a place of seeking me? Where, where am I? Where are you? 
How do you treat others? How do you treat those around you? Do you take advantage of them when you can? Do you see people as ways to get places? To use them for your advantage? Or do we serve? Are we a place to serve? Are we a house for all nations? You know, back then, back then it was the Jewish people were God's chosen people. But he says, my house shall be a house for all nations. There was a place for people to come and they could convert they could convert because it was a place for all nations even then they just wasn't much of it but what happened when jesus came maybe this is a picture of what he wants the temple to be after his death and resurrection that he says you know i'm going to turn this place upside down what else did he say this place is actually going to be destroyed there's going to be one rock left on top of another where, where did the temple, he said, and then what did he say later on? You are the temple. A place for all nations, for all people. Not just certain people. You know, we talked this morning in Sunday school about, you know, who do we serve? You know, about serving. Who do we serve? Do we pick and choose who we serve? Or do we serve anyone who we have opportunity to serve? Sometimes we serve because, well, we have to, so I might as well find somebody nice. You know, it's going to be nice to me if I serve them. So I get, you know, at least they don't treat me bad. The church needs to serve. One of the things, and I let me just say this, you know, I've looked through the prayer journals. And by the way, I didn't get very many. So, you know, I'm, I'm working through this. And that's okay. You know, it's no big deal. I'm not complaining. You know, I'm just saying I just, you know, I'm looking through what I have. But one of the things I think the church needs to remember is we need to see ways to serve. Now, let me say this. It doesn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be through New Hope. You can find ways to serve. Somebody this morning said they're praying about serving in their community to reach out to children this summer when there isn't things going on in the church per se they're going to do it they're trying to find a facility i thought wow how great somebody's thinking about how they can serve apart from here with no connection to here wonderful wonderful how can we serve we're all in different places we all have different people that we can touch we can serve in lots of different ways but since we're the temple and God wants to work through us individually, then we need to pray, Lord, help me to be a place for all people. All people, instead of just selfishly worrying about what am I going to get out of it? Because that's what they were worried about. They were trying to get money for themselves. What am I going to get out of this when people come instead of serving? Individually and as a church. We need to constantly, and we have to constantly be aware in our own lives. We have to examine ourselves once in a while and say, wow, how am I doing? You know, that's, I think that's one reason why I think you look at stories, like you look at this and say, well, wow, how are we doing? How are we doing as a church? If you never look at it, never think about it, I want to tell you something. The natural tendency is to go downhill. Did you know that? The natural tendency is to go downhill. That's natural. It's easy. It's the easy route. 
Sometimes it's a lot harder to say, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Because if you've done it long enough, everybody goes, what do you mean? And that's familiarity. You know, well, if you've done it long enough, and all of a sudden it becomes right. And so who can challenge it? Because we've always done it that way. How dare we challenge something? What if it's wrong? Jesus came in, he challenged him. He says, look, this is wrong. We always have to be aware of that so we don't start that slippery slope. Every generation will have to make that assessment. Every generation will have to make that assessment. They have to make that decision for themselves. What should I be doing? So it's my prayer that we as a church are always vigilant that God's house is a house of prayer. Our purpose is to come and to worship him and pray and read his word. We can enjoy fellowship. I'm not against it. We can enjoy one another. But you know, that's not why we come. That's not why we come. And then as individuals, each of us are a temple unto him. And we choose to serve him and to be what he wants us to be. So that's my prayer for each and every one of us. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you just help us, Lord, to stay focused. Lord, that we would continually look to you. Lord, we would look to you and look to your word, that we would be obedient to you. It's so easy to get lazy and just kind of slip in a certain direction. But Lord, help us to stay mindful of you and what you want us to do. Lord, just continue to speak to our hearts. Help us to hear. Help us to eyes to see and ears to hear so that we can hear what you want to say to us. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your presence with us. Just bless everyone as they go now. Lord, I pray that you would just encourage them to be who you want them to be, that they might be one of your children and serve you. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.